Gab and Girl Time contains explicit sexually mature themes and is intended for a mature audience. The opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views of any platforms, sponsors, or social media. The mastermind behind all things drag at core <laughs> and drag survivor, <laughs> Knoxville's drag survivor. Who do we have here? Please welcome my friends, Morphine Drip. Morphine Hi, Morphine. Drip. Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is the weirdest shit. It is. I'm definitely not the mastermind behind all things drag. Oh before, yes, you are. We're saying you are, and now it I'll is. I'll take it. It's a. I'm a witchy witch on a blue moon. What At is least your, once what is your official position? You can be master. I am the at core of the core universe. The core universe. The core extended universe. Yes. Series 152A. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm just the Sunday show director at core, but I do a bunch of special events. I coordinate Drag Survivor. Um, we do competitions every so often so that amateur drag entertainers can get bookings and stuff like that. Um, but I do not do the weekend shows. That's somebody else. Yeah. There's a misconception that I do weekends. The uh, newest DJ there actually messaged me once and was like, I would love to come DJ at your bar. And I was like, this ain't my fucking bar. <laughs> <laughs> right. I already have a DJ, but I'll point you in the right direction, baby. Is it just because you're the most popular? See, I'm going to get you in trouble. I know nothing. I come on Sundays when my friends are there, usually doing if, drag or burlesque. If I've you been, come on Sunday. I've been, yeah, if. Rarely. I mean, I'm doing stuff too. I know. I know it sucks when both people are entertainers. <laughs> so this um, is why we started this, though. Mercedes yes. and Tony are very popular. They have their own following, and Sunday nights are a completely different crowd. It's also an early show because after COVID, I can't think of anybody in my life that wants to go out at 11:30 and then stay until three o'clock in the morning. I know show. that a my hairdressers do, though, notoriously because does it's a weekend. not want to be i wish that you would well you have bumped yours up to nine i wish that when Monday night madness this, i wanted to do it at seven i wanted to have a show at seven eight and nine and be in bed by ten yeah that why do you be... think you couldn't achieve that well I, I talked to them about it and she had the owner of the bar originally wanted it to be i, I think it was at like 10 30 instead of 11 11 30 and i was like oh i don't think people are really going to come to this but we'll try it we'll we'll do what you're saying first there was also a five dollar cover and nobody came to like our first like four shows four or five shows um and i had a competition show that we started called knockout and a couple people came to that but there was still that five dollar cover and the show the competition shows go on a little longer than the normal shows so eventually i just went to the owner and i was like hey can we get rid of this cover and maybe start it at nine instead 
and at first they were hesitant, but then we did it, and people started coming. And, and I was then, like, Fuck yeah, they're yeah. selling food and yeah. alcohol. Yeah. yeah. So get people in the door. Mm-hmm. They also tried to change it back to 10 not too long ago. And I was like, please don't do that to me. <laughs> please. I know getting older, uh, the earlier the better for me. Mm-hmm. When we do those 7 o'clock shows, I'm like, ugh, I'm in heaven. I get to make money and be in bed at a decent t- hour? Absolutely. Yeah. I think 9 p.m. is the perfect time to have a drag show. And it is also the time that pretty much every other venue except for like the two gay bars have their drag shows high wire does them at nine mm-hmm. scruffy city does them at nine i think poor chaperone does them at like eight eight thirty mm-hmm. yeah because it's people perfect. feel com- i'm sorry i interrupted no, you fine. but people feel confident like the kids are gone you know the kids are in bed and us elderly people mm-hmm. we have it in our head that uh bedtime's like eight o'clock or whatever mm-hmm. you know so yeah at nine is a great time even for some comedy shows especially the bluer ones nine is good i think but early shows are also great especially at a predominantly gay bar you know there's a lot of working yeah people who have to get up the next day you know i, mean, I remember like before covid happened i was doing drag before covid and um their drag shows would start at 11.30 and they would be packed. That bar would be packed until fucking 3, 4 o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning. It's not like that no more. People mm-hmm. people like to stay in. Their, their Sunday shows also used to start at like 11, I think. And then depending on who was in charge, I'm not saying names, people would come. Some people wouldn't. Um, but it would still have a good turnout at 11 o'clock. Now it's like, it's, it's like um, pulling teeth to get people to show up on time at 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So where are you from? I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah. Right down the street. How did you get into drag? Um, well, I hope she never listens to this, but um my Unless ex- she lives in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you guys there. have a lot of listeners from New Zealand? Apparently we're number nine. Oh, they but live who knows? Well, I hope they who watch knows? Drag Survivor. In I New feel Zealand. like they only have like nine podcast total in New Zealand <laughs> like that they let <laughs> like they let in my ex um who has since transitioned did drag and when we first met she was doing amateur nights and she would get into the Monday Night Madness finale which is our our open stage thing at core on in Knoxville um and it's audience applause based if you win the audience applause you go into the finale and it happens every seven weeks so she would get into these finales because she was a phenomenal dancer she's an amazing dancer she like actually dances and doesn't just like buck like people Mm -hmm. think dancing is but she would get in the finale and this is a place to have really high polished drag this is a place to do something conceptual and something that you would something that you would elevate over just a normal bar number and she would just consistently get dead last almost every single time so I've always had really big ideas and I would offer her ideas like, Hey, maybe you should do a number like this. You like, you know, you like the golden girls. Why don't you do a number about the golden girls go out there and, and be Rose or some shit. And she just got tired of me doing that one day. And she was like, you know what? I would like to see you do it. I'd like to see you fucking try it. You've got all these big ideas. Why don't you go out there and do it? And then you come back to me and tell me how easy it was. So I started doing drag. And my very first Monday Night Madness finale, I won. (laughs) (laughs) And after that, I I think I was in another finale and I got first runner up. And then um, there was a bar open in Sevierville that my ex worked at that started having me for gigs. So I just quit doing Talent Night after that. And then she has since pretty much quit doing drag. But I am on top. (laughs) 
<laughs> who is morphine drip? I don't know how to answer that question. Oh, come um, on. Morphine drip is, um, she doesn't have a tagline, but people call her the red goddess of Knoxville, Tennessee. But there's another red goddess in Knoxville, Tennessee, <laughs> and I'm not going to take that from her. Um, people think that she is a sadistic bitch, and I guess in some ways she is. You now admit just it, admit <laughs> just Why? a little bit. You you derive a little bit of pleasure watching people squirm in drag. <laughs> you you better admit that there there is a huge misconception <laughs> that I like to watch people suffer. That is not true. I know what makes a good show. I know what people like to see. People like to see drama. People like to see people do really creative things with their drag. And so I put on these competition shows so that people will come out and do just that and get the crowd out so that my Sunday show can be busy. Because if you don't know, nobody goes out on a fucking Sunday night. It is the hardest night to do a drag show. It's the hardest night to do anything. So we do what we can to get people in the door. And the biggest thing, of course, is Drag Survivor. That's was an idea that I had a long ass time ago. I had this like file on my computer before I even did drag. And I was like, I would love to watch some drag queens do survivor. And then when I finally got mm -hmm. in the position to do it, I was like, why don't we like, why don't we actually do this? I think it would be fun to get people on stage and have them vote each other out. I did not think that it would get nasty. There have been some really nasty moments in drag survivor. Yeah. But my thing is <laughs> I can't tell you how to act just like, Jeff Probst can't tell them how to act. I try mm -hmm. to host things just the way that they do on Survivor. He lets them go at it because ultimately it's your game that you're playing. Mm -hmm. It's your social game. If you want to be an egregious bitch to everybody, then that's how you want to play it. And I'm not going to stop you, but you don't have to. And the people that have won Drag Survivor every year have been wonderful the entire time so i don't know why people do that honestly like you can see yeah you think there might be a pattern there on how to treat people, people but when they apply they're like oh i can't wait to be the villain i'm going to be the villain this year and then they proceed to to do mean things on stage and be villainous and then they start crying and they're like i don't want to do it anymore and i'm like well you've you're the one who dug this hole right yeah so is your trademark red yes like, so that's your trade. People have always asked me why I like the color red. And growing up as the little homo boy that I was, <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked doing like fan art of characters and stuff, making original characters. This this is what fucking fourteen year old queer boys do. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so my characters would always have like red hair and stuff like that. So when I got older I just gravitated towards it. And um, I've always thought that, like, number one, like, red looks cool. And I think that red makes you look regal. It makes you look rich. I like rubies. I like things that are, you know, you, the red carpet. Mansions mm -hmm. are, like, Hugh Hefner's mansion. Fucking red. Red everywhere. It's also the color of blood. It is. I which is shedded every week during Drag Survivor. Uh, you also have, um, I've never seen you without it, is um, your tattoo bodysuit. I <laughs> I used to do drag without a tattoo bodysuit, but I've when I started doing drag, I did spooky drag. I would run around with fake blood in my mouth, fucking foaming out my mouth. I did a number one time where I had my period on stage, and I dropped down <laughs> on my knees and started licking it up. I did some crazy shit. <laughs> um, so I always wanted to be like a, the, the big titty goth girl from down the street, <laughs> and I wanted tattoos, and I would really like to have, like, fake piercings and stuff, but I'm much too sensitive <laughs> to get a tattoo or a piercing. I will cry. <laughs> so um, I, a long 
time ago when I started show directing at core, which was known as the edge. Um, I had like an identity crisis. I was like, I look like every other drag queen I've ever seen in my life. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to look like that. I need something that's very uniquely me besides this red wig that I paid $50 for. Um, and I found this tattoo bodysuit on Etsy and I bought it and I was like, oh my God, this is literally perfect. I don't have to wear this breastplate anymore. I can just stuff a bra. I don't have to make sure my tights aren't ripped or wrinkled anymore because it hides that. I still have to wear them to make sure my pads are mm. smooth, but um, the tattoo bodysuit covers everything and it gives me that like illusion that I'm looking for. And I see so many pictures of me now and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so fucking sexy. <laughs> I would fuck <laughs> me. That's, That's the question. And honestly, when I feel like when you're a performer and you go out and you look in the mirror and you go, would I fuck me? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I'm sure morphine drips cooch is very wet. For drag. You have to do the opposite of that for comedy. You get intimate. You intimidate everybody if they all want to fuck you. What's wrong with that? No, I mean, like, the audience gets intimidated, so they'll laugh less or whatever. It's stupid. They have to think you're goofy. So what (laughs) is drag survivor, and how is it different from regular survivor? Um... Well, regular Survivor is uh, very Republican. <laughs> and drag survivor How so? <laughs> You're going to have to explain yourself. Oh, God. They, they have. I, I learned this as an adult. I used to be obsessed with Survivor as a child. And I looked up to, um, honestly, my favorite characters on Survivor were like the moms. I loved <laughs> like the moms, like Missy and Laura Moret and uh, Tina Wesson obsessed with him that's why he loves me so much (laughs) i think so as an adult i like look on their social media i'm like i wonder what they're up to today and they're like i'm a proud republican and i am against the gays and i'm like oh great (laughs) fantastic (laughs) um survivor in recent times has started they've changed things up and they have a lot more diversity and it's a little bit more like liberal leaning but some of those old seasons i look back and i'm like oh jesus god (laughs) i was i was obsessed with the wrong people um, but Drag Survivor started, oh my God, I want to say probably four years ago at this point. Um, it was a one night only competition. Um, the bar that is now Core used to be called The Edge. Um, we had shows every Sunday with a different show director each time. So the first Sunday was one person, the second Sunday was another, third was another, fourth was another. And um, Raven Von Rowe was one of them and I had pitched this idea of like a drag survivor to them and they were like you know right now we've done my show X amount of times it's starting to die off why don't we switch it up and do drag survivors like a one night only thing you want to do it um, and at the time I was like a little booger drag queen if you don't know what a booger is it means that you are terrible <laughs> and you're, you know things are not quite right you don't look professional Um, so we, I I was asking them to help me get a meeting with the owner so that I could make this a permanent show. And they were like, you know, the, there's not a show director position open right now. And you're still, you're still pretty new. I think I can help you, but I really like this idea. And I think that if we do it for my night, it'll be beneficial for all of us. And so, um, you know, Sundays, as I said earlier, a hard night to do drag shows. So when we did the first one, we had six contestants and it just went on for like four hours, three very small challenges and they voted each other out on stage after each one. We crowned a winner at the end. We weren't expecting it to have a great turnout and me and Raven were in the back getting ready and I was like, I hear voices. Who's out there? And, and they 
and I poked our head through the curtain and it was like shoulder to shoulder in there. You would have thought there was a real girl in town. Oh, and we wow. were like, holy fuck, we have to, we're going to have to go back there and put those nails on now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the night was really successful. It was really fun. Um, one of the things I think that boosted this, and I hope that she ends up listening to this, she probably will when I tell her that I'm, I'm a part of it. Um, Replica was one of the contestants. And if anyone watches Drag Survivor, you'll know that Replica is like the villain. She's the person who brands herself as the head bitch. She was one of the contestants for the first ever mini drag survivor, and she had made alliances with everybody. <laughs> and she was the first person voted out. And when she got voted out, she started crying. She called her mom, and she was like, <laughs> Mom, they voted me out. They betrayed me. I'm so upset. <laughs> and so it, it was What's hilarious. funny to me is I've never seen that side of Replica. I've never seen the mean side. I've always seen the, the real nice side Replica is a very, very sweet person. She definitely yeah. plays it up for the camera, and sometimes she gets lost <laughs> in the characters she's trying to play. So I could totally see her calling her mama and just crying over it. It was amazing. It was, <laughs> And that was the thing that got people to fall in love with the concept because they watched her just have this conniption on stage, this come apart. <laughs> And so she left, and this was this was also the first time anything like this had happened in town. They didn't know what to expect with people voting them voting each other mm -hmm. off, and they saw the first like upset person, and they were like, "Oh my god, this is so juicy! I don't know how to feel about this, but I have to stay and watch." And the other eliminations weren't juicy like that, and the winner was uh, Vivian Valentine, and she absolutely deserved it. And then we ended up doing a second one. It was supposed to be a one-off thing. And then Raven was like, why don't we just do it again? It was so successful. And you, we'll keep building you up as we do this. And uh, then the bar will eventually catch on to it. And we'll keep you around. And so we did that. The second one was also very successful, very packed. Um, who won the second one? Oh, it was, it was Tyra Von Shade. We introduced Hidden Immunity Idols. There was just one. And it was like outside on the patio. And um, Tyra found it and played it and sent somebody home. And that was the first time anyone had ever seen that happen. So they were freaking out about that. And then um, the bar, I think, shut down for COVID. Mm -hmm. And so when they reopened, there was no Sunday shows. So I thought that, you know, my dreams were crushed and shot down because I was getting ready to be a show director at this bar that I really wanted to work at. Um, and so fast forward they start doing shows again when the bar reopens when the lockdown is over and um there was a new sunday show director harry scary and um harry was just doing all the sunday shows because they had cut the budget so significantly and um it was not feasible to do this kind of show on such a low budget which you know no fault of the bar or anything it was mm -hmm. literally COVID times um but as the, the show budgets and stuff started building back up, Harry was looking for other shows to come in and get people to come out on Sundays. And I started a lip sync competition battle called uh, Drag Showdown. And it was extremely successful. People loved coming out to it. Um, it was just like eight people coming out and doing a lip sync battle. And eventually we introduced like sabotages and stuff in there. And anyways, over time, my drag was built up because of Raven and Harry. And then eventually I was like, I want to pitch Drag Survivor as a replacement for Drag Wars. We used to have a show called Drag Wars, which happened once a year. And it was just like a, I don't know how to explain it. It was like a six week competition where the contestants had to do challenges that they got that week. So they would do the show Sunday and find out that they have to do a number based off of 
a, a DC comic with a set piece and a prop, and they also have to use a song from the year of their birth and wear pink hair. <laughs> like it was, it was crazy shit like that that they were making them do. Well, the owner ended up selling it to somebody who turned out to be a not so great person. And that not-so-great person left and sold it to another not-so-great person. Mm. And so the bar was not interested in working with them again because of the controversy. And I kind of swooped in, and they agreed to let Drag Survivor happen. And ever since then, it's been a staple. And it's a million times more popular than Drag Wars was. Nice. So that's how we got here. I'm done talking. (laughs) (laughs) I love that talking. This is your show. (laughs) This is Morphine Drip Show. How did the first one go? The first long competition the first long drag survivor was morphine drip's best friend race um there there were some like how did you get people to do it i know how i got roped in to do it the original entry fee was like 30 bucks i think because um you know when you advertise you have to vote each other out people are like oh god i don't know about that and the cash prize was only 500 dollars, so it wasn't anything like super special we didn't want to sink a lot of money into it because what if nobody wants to do it um, but I've in in the years that I've been show directing at the bar, I've developed really close relationships with a lot of people that do drag, and a lot of people like to do uh, drag showdown before it ended. They like to do the shows that I do now for the experience. Some people do it for exposure. Some people really do it and get their hearts set on it and end up getting their feelings hurt when things don't when things don't go their way. But I always try to pull them in, and I'm like, look, you're amazing. It just wasn't your time, and that's okay. There's Mm -hmm. only one winner at a time, you know? Um, So through the relationships that I have built, I was able to get people to do Drag Survivor Season 1. I was not like, you have to do this or I'm going to kill you and never (laughs) book you again. I didn't do that. Um, People, uh, we got, how many contestants did we have? We had 11, but I think I had 14 sign up and people dropped out like at the last minute because they were nervous. Um, And the season itself ran very smoothly. We sent one person home each week because there were so few people doing it. We had two teams of uh, five and one person was like left out and had to go to exile Island, which I had to pull out of my ass the day of (laughs) because I wasn't expecting an odd number, but you know, things happen that you're not prepared for. (laughs) And that person got put on the first team that lost. So we had even teams for a while. The eliminations were all just like this person, um, wasn't as good necessarily as the rest of us or this person wasn't participating as as much like the rest of us were and when we got to the merge um the first like real controversy had happened um it was during the snatch game week which if you watch drag survivor is like the big week that's when we send a bunch Mm -hmm. of people home um so dix enormous who has competed every single year was in I think their first year of drag during also drag been on the show one. yeah yeah well yeah, y'all really already guess. know <laughs> no no we don't know about that part um Dix Enormous was competing and I think their first year of drag or maybe it was like very very towards the beginning of their career and they were not good I'll say it Dixon please don't hate me you were not very good in season one I love you <laughs> but Dixon also knows that Dixon has come so far after that but anyways the controversy was that Dixon was kind of getting bullied by his team and they were mm. constantly trying to get him out. They were leaving him out of decisions, and it really hurt his feelings. And he was like, I don't, you know, I'm thinking about quitting. I don't want to be in this anymore. And Flanell West Coast was like, I want to save you. I'm going to give you my hidden immunity idol. I can't do it on stage because I'm not on your team, so I'm going to leave it in my purse. I'm going to put my purse on stage. And then Flanell told me what she was doing. And as long as it's communicated with me, that's fine. You can't steal people's idols unless mm. 
this year there was an advantage that allowed you to do that, but you can't just like yank it out of somebody's bag and use it. I won't let you because I have an inventory of what everybody has at all times. Excuse me. Um, so Dixon played the idol and saved themselves, and that cost one of the fan favorites their spot in the game. And so everyone hated Dixon, but <laughs> Dixon had also just survived this team that was bullying him and so Dixon flipped on that team and got them eliminated because they gave the other team the majority mm -hmm. and I think that was the part where people realized this can get a little dirty and that was the part where it got juicy and so mm -hmm. um, the next big controversy was towards the end I wouldn't say it was a controversy but Flanell was absolutely on track to win the game which was amazing for her because she was also someone who didn't have the best track record in drag and they were coming back out for the first time in a while to prove to prove themselves and they were on track to win but Jules won the final immunity challenge and she literally gets on the microphone which was against the rules <laughs> you're not supposed mm -hmm. to say who you're voting for but what was I going to do tackle her <laughs> it, it made for a good moment even though it was at Flanelle's expense she got on the microphone and she said I'm so sorry Flanel. I have to get rid of you if I want to win this game and um, the audience was like oh my god no she <laughs> didn't and so they voted out Flanel, <laughs> and then Jules ended up winning the game because the other two just they just didn't have the votes on their side mm. it was Flanel or Jules so so let's talk about the drag survivor with my co-host this past drag survivor this well, you don't want to talk about the second season first i guess we could are we going through all the seasons yeah. i guess so yeah yeah, yeah. let's season do all two the seasons nasty season two <laughs> season two was when people now season two is available on youtube yes is the first season available on, on youtube yes. so really, they're all on youtube when i made season one i didn't really know how to use the editing software i figured it out as i went along because what we do each week is we have these videos that play at the venue we don't play any like secret information but we do display some of what's going on so the audience feels like they're involved in a reality tv mm -hmm. show and so as I was learning as I went along and so season one is not the best put together production on YouTube. I want to re-release it because I do still have all the footage and stuff in a Google Drive. But they are both on uh, YouTube right now to watch. Oh, fun. So how many have there been total? There have been three. Three total. There are also videos of the first like two mini drag survivors. I just don't know where they are and I look like shit. So <laughs> maybe. Well, I'm definitely going to go find those and watch <laughs> those. <laughs> Drag Survivor season two was the nasty season because people had just, we were coming off season one and people understood what it was now. People were excited to do it. We had, um, I think that was the year we had 20 people sign up and I had to close them off. And But it dropped itself down to 14. And uh, 20 is the absolute maximum. And we haven't had 20 people, but there is a contingency plan where we have, you know, four tribes of five and we send three people home each week i don't want to do that right because that that kind of like kills off what makes it so special is is the uh sending one person home each week and really building up to that anyway season two was nasty because people all wanted to be the villain and people wanted to make good tv and so almost immediately replica starts her shenanigans she was in season one and she was like she was giving her honest opinions about her teammates, but her opinions in season one were very genuine. They were like, this person is just not super great. They're a, a drag sibling to me and I love them, but I think they need to go. And in season two, she's like, this person is ugly as fuck and I hope they die. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
so she started like almost immediately and the team that she was on was all of like the quote unquote really good people and the other team was the quote unquote booger tribe and uh, the booger tribe stomped their fucking ass because they were completely discombobulated and um, egos yes it was massive it was egos um, so they ended up voting out Static first, and that really hurt his feelings because he thought that he had friends in Static and Replica from the same drag family, uh-huh. and that completely crushed Static. And Replica was like, <laughs> "Sorry." <laughs> um, so Johnny Deep was on this season, and he was coming out of a retirement just like Flanell did. But Johnny Deep has like a really long history in the drag scene, and they had been wanting to come. We back We love out. Johnny Deep. I love Johnny Deep. He's one of our best guest yeah johnny mm-hmm. uh was coming back into right. it and was like looking to make new friends new connections and was put on this team and i remember i think in their their week two confessional they were like i hate all of these people they're <laughs> miserable replica is so annoying i don't know what i'm gonna do <laughs> um so throughout the season replica and eva are just being heinous the entire time and there is a point during the snatch game where dick's enormous gets sent home but they gave Dixon a fake hidden immunity idol. And the rule in Drag Survivor is if you get anything, it has to be confirmed with me. Because mm-hmm. let's say I hide something in the bar. If you don't tell me that you have it, I don't know that you have it. Right. And you don't know if people are making fakes or something. So it's best to talk to me. All you have to do is come up to me and say, hey, is this an idol? And I'll say yes or no. Right. But if you say in a confessional, I gave this person a fake hidden immunity idol, that's your strategy. I cannot interfere with what you're doing and what you're doing is kind of shitty, mm-hmm, <laughs> but real. I have to let you do it because if I ran to Dixon and told them, then Dixon could have rallied people against that person. Mm-hmm. And then I completely screwed that person and they paid to be here. Uh, so they gave Dixon a fake hidden immunity idol and everyone pulled out their idols and it looked like Royal disaster was going to go home because she was the only one that didn't play one. But i looked at all of them and I said this idol is fake who played this and Dixon raised his hands and uh, I was like well Dixon any votes cast for you will still count get back in line and they voted Dixon out and Dixon cried Dixon was Mm -hmm. heartbroken and Dixon kind of outed them on the microphone and was like this is what you did you made a fake idol and fuck you for that and so the next week Replica and Eva were like getting messages on social media telling them to quit drag (laughs) they're assholes Eva said that she was getting death threats I don't I don't necessarily believe she was getting death threats we're all fucking grown here and this is a dress up competition (laughs) but they did get some nasty messages and um they learned very quickly that you don't have to act this way when you're doing this. This is your fault. This is Mm -hmm. what you did. And they come to me like it's my fault. Like I'm responsible for this. And I had to tell them very quickly. I'm like, this is not my fault. You are the one that did that. And ever since then I have used that in like my preparation speeches for drag survivor. I am not responsible for your actions during this game. If you want to be mean to people, so be it that's what you do and it's going to come back on you especially in the post Mm -hmm. the thing that's hard about this is you'll get over it because this was months ago and then the episodes come out and it's like sticking your finger back in the wound because you're reliving what people did to you so that's kind of like an unintended consequence of the show is that people get really nasty and as the cash prize goes up people people get a little bit more into it more competitive and so in season three 
it was it was almost the best friends racing and there was some drama but people were afraid this time to get rid of the fan favorites because of the adverse reactions <laughs> so a lot of fan favorites made it to the end that were really good at drag that hell if i were playing drag survivor i would have voted every single one of those people out <laughs> mm-hmm. well you have to eliminate your competition that's i mean that's one of, of the things to do so when we had the initial meeting to have this show the owner i had pitched having three people be safe every week and it was the top three um so that your winner at the end is somebody that was doing really good drag and the owner of the bar was like no i I don't like that i think the person that wins the challenge should be safe and allow them to vote out the competition sometimes pageants and competitions don't go the way that the audience wants them to and there could be a number of reasons for that, but it's always more fun when the one that everyone wants to win doesn't win mm-hmm. because of the controversy it creates. And that gets them coming back. And I was like, okay, Jeff, <laughs> we'll, we'll do what you say. And so that's pretty much what happened. Jules ended up knocking the people out that were going to beat her, and that's how she won. And she has a very prolific drag career to this day. Same thing with Johnny Deep, except Johnny Deep like won every single challenge. So Johnny Deep won season two. Yeah. Spoilers. Yes. And you won season three. I did. You're kind of an underdog in season three. People counted you out that entire time. And it's always really fun to watch these these uh, seasons unfold because I have the master score sheet. I can see everything that's going on. And it's it's like dramatic irony. I know what's happening and the contestants don't. Mm-hmm. So the contestants are asked multiple times in their confessionals, uh, who do you think is the biggest threat to win the game? And they're like, oh, it's it's therapy, hands down. Therapy's going to win this game. Oh, it's it's quiche. It's this person. It's that person. And the whole time, it's com- somebody completely different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they did that last year, too, with, uh, with Johnny Deep. They didn't think necessarily that Johnny was in the lead until about the merge when he started taking over and won every single challenge. Well, isn't that what you did, Colin? Colin Boutte ended up having to win immunity every challenge that's how i mean that was my strategy which i came in there thinking i just want to put out my best drag and i just want to create art and if i win that's great well i was very surprised you won i figured she'd get first runner up (laughs) as as i have in many of those competitions (laughs) always a bridesmaid there's a weird thing with the burlesque crowd that also does drag that does drag survivor there's at least one every year and they make it to the end of the competition consistently every year there has not been a burlesque entertainer that's been voted out nick flair made it to the end of season one and he said i'm not expecting to win you know like my kind of people that that do burlesque and stuff we're always first alternate and he got uh, i think he ended up getting second alternate because there was a wild vote thrown at dixon mm-hmm. Um, and then the second year, of course, Johnny won, and then this year you won. So I'm hoping that the burlesque community will also see this and come out and show us their stuff because y'all are really fucking talented, and y'all have better concepts than some of these like regular professional drag entertainers mm-hmm. do. So during registration, and if you know me, you know that bratty Colin, I'm the fucking best. I'm vain <laughs> as fuck. I think I'm the funniest. I think I have the best concepts. I just think I'm the shit, right? Mm -hmm. So it was very humbling when I was one of the last picked for the tribes. And I was just like, okay, you people don't know what I can do yet. And I just had to write it off. I had to 
my feelings were hurt and I had to set that aside. I love that we have this moment so I can tell you some of my thoughts behind the scenes about things that were happening to you. I really wanted uh, Colin Boutte in Drag Survivor because they're very creative and they they do a lot of amazing stuff in town. And I was harassing them. I was harassing <laughs> you to do it. I was like, if you don't do this, I swear to fucking God, Braddy. <laughs> um, and then, of course, during registration, you get picked essentially last. The last three people are last. Um, and it was you and Keish. And you and Keish were top dog the entire time. And I remember um, going to my little production team, which is just me, my cameraman, and my guy that sells stuff at my merch booth. Um, and being like, they're going to regret what they have done to Braddy. <laughs> they're going <laughs> to regret that because I guarantee you what's going to happen is they're going to come into their tribe and they're going to take on that motherly figure and they are going to try to lead their tribe. I don't know if they'll be successful, <laughs> but they're going to look up to her because she's not going to get involved in anything and she is going to at least make it to the merch at the very least. And that's exactly what happened pretty much. You kind of became your team leader or you were at least the team mom. You were keeping them together and feeding them baked goods. <laughs> Well, feeding y'all all baked goods, that was a strategy as well, too. Just, just be nice. You know, we've <laughs> talked about this before, but I am in my 50s now. I've already been the mean bitch. I've, mm-hmm. I've been through all of that. Um, I've lost friends. You know, I've done some really, really shitty shit. And now it's... Because uh, she's an old lady that it is. It's karma. Me. It's that old Bill Cosby joke. You know, she's she, this is the woman that she's just trying to get into heaven. Mm-hmm. So I knew that no matter what I did, I was going to be nice. I was going to try to help people because that's who Braddy really is. That's who Jennifer is now. Is I just want to help. And so you see, I also want to win. So I would say that to my tribe. Do whatever you want to do, but we have to win. One one of the things about Drag Survivor that did drive me nuts was <laughs> it was also something that I appreciated. You were in character for most of the competition in your confessionals, and the character of Colin Boutte is this like pompous asshole. Yes. So <laughs> in confessionals for the first, like, uh, I would actually say for two-thirds of the season, you're like, I'm going to win this because <laughs> yes. I have God on my side. <laughs> And these people on my tribe (laughs) are in my way. And that's not actually how you felt. I do wish we could have had some insight from you as as Jennifer (laughs) Um, and and kind of get your perspective. But also, I think that Colin Boutte was a way for you to channel some of the irritation that you were legitimately having with these people. Because yes. you were irritated, so it was a way for you to get it out and be like, I'm not culpable. That's Colin Boutte, not me. Right, but correct. towards the very end, you do kind of break your character and start talking yeah. about things that are bothering you, and you end up telling us your story at the very end. So you, people are going to need to watch this to get your like true opinions. My, <laughs> my tribe, who I still love, but, you know, they're, they're children. They're the same age as my kids. So they're coming at me with ideas that I don't necessarily understand. Mm -hmm. You know, is this, is the audience going to be entertained? That's what I want to know. You're just mid, you know. (laughs) Am I mid? They came with gas ideas and they were trying to be bussing and you just didn't get it. Oh my God, shut up. You've talked about about like ageism on here before in regards to Drag Survivor. Would you say that the ageism worked in your favor? 
to be underestimated, maybe. They yes. didn't really take you as a threat. Now, at no point in the confessionals where they're like, we're voting out Colin tonight until the night where they almost sent you home, which was at the end of the season. Um, they were always focused on getting rid of Dixon at the beginning on the Coruscant tribe, and there was never an opportunity for them to you know, pick a different target. But the entire time they spoke highly of you, they spoke of you like you were a motherly slash fatherly figure to them. And I think they were planning on just like dragging you to the end. <laughs> and so I think that you being underestimated, you being picked last really worked in your favor. And you, even if you don't understand some of the things they're talking about, <laughs> even if you do understand the things, I mean, that I have kids, about, I get it, but you, you can know, play ignorant and be like, Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm just, I'm I have just the elderly. <laughs> Why would you vote me out? I'm just a little old lady. I'm just here to have fun. If I was going to be voted out, though, I had decided that I would be the biggest bitch that anybody had ever seen. I would give a replica a run for her money. (laughs) I was going to have the biggest white woman Karen bitch fit if I had gotten voted out. That would not have ended well. <laughs> it would have been hilarious, though. I would have loved it. I'm, I, there, the, the problem is I don't like when people like get into arguments and stuff off stage. I don't like when the show comes home with you. It's not supposed to. People think that I like when it does. That's not true. Mm-hmm. They, they were arguing on Facebook, and I was like, y'all, you need to stop doing this. This makes everyone look bad. They're like, but I thought you liked it. I'm like, no, I'm not sitting here jacking off to you. Like, <laughs> no, you save fighting. it for the stage. Yeah, do it on stage. That's what people want to see. But if you're going to do it on stage, it needs to not follow you home. Like, you can pre-plan this. You can have all the manufactured drama you want to. You can literally be like, I want to get in a fight with you on stage. Mm-hmm. And that's perfectly fine. Yes. Um, so, but then you're kissing people, off. Yeah, when people get eliminated <laughs> and they like throw a tantrum on stage, it's like, ooh, but also like put the mic closer to your mouth. We can't hear you. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And so it's fun to watch, and people, of course, do get their feelings hurt. And there, I don't think anyone ever does manufacture drama on stage. I think they just like let it fly out of their mouth. <laughs> and so your white Karen bitch fit would have been amazing, but also it probably would have followed you home, and people would be like, no, fuck. Her. Yeah, they'd never want to hire you. They'd think it was really you. Because that's who they would reputation. want you to be. Like, part of them would want you to be that in a weird way. I guess. Do you think uh, Colin's AI number is what really flipped the script where they were like, oh, we got to get rid of Colin? Um, <laughs> yeah. Where was that? Yeah, what time I, was that? This might be controversial. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there was ever a time where they flipped the script and said, we got to get rid of Colin. Oh, I cool. think the reason that you got voted for that week was just because you were next on the chopping block. You were the next head on the guillotine. Um, and it wasn't because like, oh, Colin's going to win. Um, I, I liked your AI number. Um, I think that if you do it again in the future, there's some things that you could improve upon to make oh, it absolutely. Like really, really big and a, a spectacle. Um, you completely won over the hearts of the judges and the audience. So everyone was already like rooting for you. And I think that was in your favor because this is another thing that people don't think about when you're playing drag survivor. We have the same judges every week and we have a guest judge and those judges watch you from start to finish. Mm -hmm. And when you do things on stage that, that might upset the judges, like for example, when you're out here talking this big ass fucking game and you're voting out these people that are so much better than you and you're coming out here putting out really bad work, it's going to impact your scores. And I can't I can't prevent that from happening. They judge as fairly as they can. But you 
have to play the judges as well. Mm-hmm. So if you are if you are kind and you are nice and you play to the judges, the judges are going to like you and that's probably going to help you in the end because the judges also vote for someone to win. Mm-hmm. If you are nothing but nasty the entire time, the judges are going to hate you and it's going to be hard for them to give you these like really good scores unless you're doing a really amazing job. There have been times like Replica was just horrible the entire time Mm -hmm. two people and the judges were giving her high scores because she was doing a good job but they weren't perfect scores Mm -hmm. and they were mad at her and then the second that she tanked they were like "Uh, zeros (laughs) like so i think that you you definitely benefited by having all of the judges hearts and the audience's hearts people were rooting for you and i think that people did not want to vote you out but you were just next on the chopping block I don't think there was ever a point where it flipped on you and they're like, we got to get him out. I don't yeah. think that at the very end, I don't think they knew that you were going to win until um, it was called. I, I think people thought that therapy was going to win and people the entire time were like, therapy's therapy's the biggest threat here. I think witchcrafted can win. I think therapy could win. And the final one, they were like, I think Colin could win. That, that was something that was said, but um, people the entire time, were not taking you as a threat. So you were very much a silent assassin yourself sneaking up to the end. I knew. I knew. Yes. Hands, girl. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I think I knew I was going to win after the the best in drag. I I think so, too. I remember watching Mm -hmm. you do that. When I got immunity for that. I said, she's about to win Drag Survivor. That's what Uh, I said, too. And everyone else had... um, they just dropped the ball it was amazing how terrible everyone was at that challenge right right like it was wild it was as wild. soon I was as like wow y'all really just and that's the thing about the finale of drag survivor people that's go your into best it. drag people like. go into it every year like on such a, a high point and in the finale they just dropped the ball so hard because it's a hard challenge to do something that's non-lip syncing something that's a unique talent you've never done on stage before and even the Platinum Angel came out, and she did this, like, stand-up comedy routine. Mm-hmm. But we had to penalize her because you were limited to five or six minutes, and mm-hmm. she went on for ten minutes. Mm. And so while it was good, and she probably would have won immunity, we had to dock points because that that's fair. We've been docking points all season long for people going over, and that's what got her sent home. So it's people dropping the ball mm-hmm. that completely get them screwed over. But in the end, I don't think it would have mattered because after Judy Good was eliminated— uh, Colin Boutte took over as the top scoring contestant and nobody had any idea. That's wild. It is. Isn't that cool? Did you think your fan mm-hmm. dance would do that well? I know you looked beautiful. I just didn't know if they were The fan dance was for me. It. it wasn't really for anybody else. I think that might be why it and, looked uh, so good. <laughs> I got, I got kind of tripped up on that because it was something that you – couldn't or you hadn't done on stage before and I took it as never done on stage before but mm. you were saying it was something that like a hidden it, talent within drag survivor that you hadn't done before oh yeah so there's yeah. there's people that like sing live sometimes in drag and the goal I, I don't want it to be too hard for you where you're just completely stuck but I like to see some creativity um, so if you haven't sang live the entire competition, then by all means, feel free to sing live tonight and show us your hidden talent. But I want people to do stuff like what we saw, like witchcraft coming out and cutting hair on stage. What mm-hmm. the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's what we want to see. We want to see some like creative stuff. How can you make something that you're talented at entertaining? Mm-hmm. And I will say the one thing that I have been wanting that nobody has done. I even tried to make it a challenge 
in this um, amazing drag race show that I was planning that we had to cancel. <laughs> I love that you were going to do amazing drag race. I just couldn't get people to sign up for it. I was so upset. <laughs> That's really sad. <laughs> we might try it again. Especially if they actually went to locations like a big treasure hunt. I would love to like do something like that. Like if there were bars that, the that were. were the bars. Yes. Now, would you do that with like two, like two people would be like it is on the amazing race yeah i wanted people to sign up in pairs and we only had one team sign up and we needed at least gosh. four to run it i was only expecting four right. teams cuz solo How you know is great but a duet yes. uh, that's Point where for you to do it like with your your drag family and each week the challenge was going to be a a duet number a runway number and some kind of work of art and one of them was like, you have to make a sculpture together and present <laughs> your sculpture in an entertaining way. Uh, the point of me saying this, though, is the thing that I've been wanting people to do for Hidden Talent is Drag Queen Story Hour. And I really want someone to make a gigantic book and like read mm -hmm. to the class. But when they when they're telling the story, it's like once upon a time, there was a big, green, ugly troll. And when they open it up, the big, green, ugly troll is just like a picture of replica or something. <laughs> the whole thing is a joke about the contestants that were in it that year. And you're making fun of people and you're roasting people. That would be hilarious. I love a good creative roast. In, mm -hmm. in season one, uh, Jules. I kind of did that with the AI number, though. Kind of. A you little know, bit. With, like the booger pictures that you think <laughs> of. In season one, um, one of the challenges was called Channel Chasers, and we gave the contestants a, a uh, I don't know what you would call it, like a topic that you would see on TV, like a, a weather channel or the news or uh, a cooking show, blah, blah, blah. And Jules got cooking show, and she did a roast. You're making a roast. And all of the ingredients were just like jokes about the contestants, <laughs> and she was making fun of people the entire time. And I just, I like seeing creative shit like that. That's what it's for. I know when uh, Colin stole your heart was when uh, they did the idol. <laughs> and Colin stole and my heart when they got dead fucking last in that magic. <laughs> yes, yes, they did. But they decorated a cake on stage, so I knew that was when you were like, okay. I'm like, okay, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> I, my favorite people in drag are the weirdos. My favorite people in drag are the ones that are like underdogs and I, I guess that's why people sometimes come out and do these shows because some you know even if you get dead last I'm like I love you so much <laughs> so Just that was a humbling going. experience and I had to I think a thing is the stepping stones and I had to be on that stepping stone in order to make it across the river to win drag yeah. survivor wow what a I surprise too. a lot of people when they do something for the very first time don't do it great <laughs> like how about that that's amazing and the thing something. was too like you you weren't really bad either you just got last place and sometimes that happens that's like in national pageantry you've already won a preliminary to get there so the person mm -hmm. who gets dead last isn't terrible right yeah <laughs> it just happens like that so sometimes. like what you call the God, lowest you know, i'm thinking about doing it again graduate from medical school you know we still got it on my doctor. calendar to do it again. You're going to do what again? The Idol? Knoxville Idol. How fun. Oh. How long have you done Knoxville Idol? We've only done one. Last year okay, was the last first year one. was the first one. And I, I produced Knoxville Idol because um, we, at the time, had a massive influx of people that were singing in drag. And I was like, this is untapped opportunity right here because there's nothing for them here. People who sing in drag don't get anything. You can do Mennonite Madness, but Jared did Mennonite Madness, one, singing live, 
and got absolutely nothing. They did not get, they didn't get weekend bookings or anything for the longest time. Um, they got, I, I don't th even think I was sponsoring Monday Night Madness at the time either. So they literally didn't get anything. They had to win Knox Vital before they started getting bookings. So I wanted to create a platform that simply did not exist. And we had a bunch of people sign up for it. And it was all the people that I wanted to do it that, that signed up for it with the exception of, I think like one person. Wow. Producing's fun. Isn't it? Isn't it? Producing shows. I actually made money this past weekend on my show, which I always just break even, but I made an extra $12. I refuse awesome. to not make yeah. money producing a show. I put too much time, too much effort, and honestly too much emotion into it because when I, mean, I do competitive events, they're not necessarily just regular drag shows, but with competitive events, I'm sinking money into it to get props, to get all kinds of things that we need the materials and stuff even with my show shenanigans which is like drag bingo but instead of numbers it's things we do on stage i put my own money into paper and, mm -hmm. and ink and supplies and stuff like that i cannot afford to not make any money off of it and also no, with should. these competitions where people come out and do them sometimes they get their feelings hurt because they don't win or because, you know, something happens, you know, sometimes your wig flies off and your mm -hmm. feelings are hurt and I have to console people after it's over. I have to make sure that everybody's okay. Some people take it so, so extremely to heart that when things go wrong, it ruins their life for a couple weeks. So not only do you have to produce the event, but you have to take care of people afterwards. You have to pay yourself yeah. when you do this. Mm -hmm. You will get burnout if you don't. And then it becomes a charity event. You can't afford with um, the show that uh, Colin over here is talking about producing. Um, it was part of their, they, well, she can speak for herself, but um, they were doing it to promote other burlesque dancers as well as bring drag and burlesque to this very cool venue that would not have that out there and give people the opportunity yeah. who would not come to a show in town. Yeah, guy gifts is yes. strictly I want to give it's people the opportunity baby. to get naked if and, they want to. And make money and do the yeah. art that way and have a safe and appreciative environment. So it's cool. Um sometimes tips end up being really good so you yeah they were good get a little extra weekend. or whatever but there is nothing worse than pouring your heart out into a competitive drag event and people show up and they don't tip yeah <laughs> like, that happened at our most recent show we showed up and we were all excited there's like a bunch of people there and not a soul in that room was tipping i made like five dollars in my number and i was like well this makes me feel great <laughs> Oh, that's terrible. It is tough. Did you go to a spot? Were you at the regular spot or were you at a spot that is new to drag? Uh, we, we did um, Battle Royale at Core. And, oh, okay. Um, usually when people come to that, they like tip the house down. So I don't necessarily know what was happening, but sometimes it's like that. I really think that tipping culture in drag is starting to die because these straight people are now the main consumers of drag. And these straight mm -hmm. people are the ones that come out like on the weekends at the bar and they want to see, they want to see the men in dresses. They want to see the drags. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so um, they come out and they watch. And when you're watching drag race, you don't know about tipping culture because they don't mm -hmm. get tipped. I, I think RuPaul is like, Oh, you win a $10,000 tip, but that's not right. That's yeah. not tipping. So they're watching the show and they're expecting you to put on this amazing performance, which you should every time you're on stage. But, 
drag culture is receiving tips. So just, when nobody's up there tipping you, you're like, oh, I, I must be terrible. And after yeah. this, I will be quitting drag. <laughs> yes. So here lately, uh, some of our weekend shows at some of these bars, these people are not tipping and it's very discouraging. But there's also some places where we do drag where people are just fans of drag. We do a show at our high wire in Knoxville and you'll you'll make four hundred dollars doing that mm -hmm. off of tips alone. So it just so depends excited. on the gathering. Mm hmm. Well, and some of that may be um, where they don't know either. Like. I mean, yeah, you can't necessarily fault them for it because they don't know. But we, we make announcements like you can tip them. But I think people are just not necessarily knowing what that means. Um, our, our shows on Sunday nights are usually people that are fans of drag slash the local drag scene. Mm -hmm. So they'll come out and they'll tip you. And sometimes you'll make you'll make $100 on a Sunday night with 15 people there. And you'll perform on a weekend somewhere around here. And you'll make 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. And the room was packed like there was something big happening. Yeah, I wonder if they think you get a big slice of the door or whatever, too, if they, they charge they probably a cover. And honestly, well. a lot of establishments, especially the the, the straight bars, mm -hmm. quote unquote, they don't have the ones available. Like, mm -hmm. people want to tip, I feel like, but they're like, oh, I mean, I'm not giving this queen my 20. You know what I mean? And right. You ask the bar and they're like, we don't have any ones. Mm -hmm. That's another thing. So that's, a uh, you know. I don't know if you can get somebody to buy ones and or the chip thing. You gave me an idea like you could. I mean, it would. Oh, my God. Poker chips are such a moneymaker. That is one thing that I kept from Drag Wars. Thank you, Robin Houses. If you ever mm -hmm. watch this, you can know that you have made me so much money. <laughs> um, they, they had the same judging system that I have, except for some reason now my judging system with the poker chips is confusing people. <laughs> and I, I don't understand how, but. I try my best to explain it well. The way it works is the audience gets one free vote and it's represented by a poker chip. And if you really like someone, you can pay to get extra poker chips and it's a dollar per poker chip. And you drop your poker chip into the bucket of the contestant you want to see win that week. And whoever gets the most votes gets bonus points. And that's literally just exactly how it works with mine as well. But mm -hmm. in Drag Wars, I mean, they may have been confused in Drag Wars because I wasn't a producer. I was just some guy in the audience. Um, but during drag survivor once it really picks up and people develop favorites they will dump so much money in their buckets but there's there's a negative side to it too because the contestants try to do it as well and i don't want to um i don't want to tell the contestants they can't do it because if they feel that's what they need to do then so be it but i tell them and you you can vouch for this because i literally sent it in the group chat so many times do not put your own money that you make in this competition in your bucket because it's not going to end well for you. And every time someone does it and they don't win immunity, they end up getting sent home because the bonus points only do so much for you. Mm -hmm. If you if you were bad, your can bonus I be honest with you, you? Even though um, I probably read that somewhere, I never bought a poker chip for me or anybody else. Good, please don't give me your money. You've already paid enough to be in the competition. Well, that's By what that I was time, thinking too. I was like. I paid a hundred dollars to be in this. Plus yeah. we sponsored, you know, somebody. So no, I'm not going to pay for me to win. That mm -hmm. just doesn't seem. I actually cut fair. the point value from drag wars and drag wars. It was usually whoever got the most audience votes would end up winning the challenge. And it was a problem for a while because there were people that were winning that just had friends there 
and they did not deserve to win. The most popular one ended up being um, Snatch Game and Drag Wars Season 3, where the winner of that challenge was not good. And they'll even tell you to this day they did not do a good job in that challenge. They don't know how they won. Um, so I, I cut the bonus point value like in half. So it's only like 15 or 20 bonus points, which if you're close to the top could set you over the top. And there were a few times that that did happen. Um, and there were actually a few times that you were robbed of winning immunity because of the audience vote, because it was by just a few points. If we didn't have the audience vote, you probably would have immunity ran to the end of the game. <laughs> um, so it, it's it's a good way to make money to pay for stuff because Drag Survivor is extremely expensive. Right. Um, this year it cost, I want to say, about $5,000 to put together because of everything that I had to uh, produce and I also had a uh, bitter Betty from Dragula, which was a thousand dollars on her own. So mm -hmm. y I have to make that money, and sometimes oh, we yeah. got to do things yeah. like the poker chips to do that. For sure. Well, I was just thinking. Um, People with, don't understand that though. With drag shows, if you do at core, if you have like who's going to be on the show, and you put like their Venmo little QR code or whatever up on the screen. And then, especially when people haven't been tipping, if you have a way to do that where they could just... <laughs> and we used to do, like, videos and stuff in our performances. Um, Nick Flair was a good one. He used... Um, he did, like, a, a video game superhero for one of the challenges, mm -hmm. and he had this video that played behind it. And it was stuff like that that set people over the edge, and even Colin did that. But this year, like, you, you literally have to be like, look over there, and, and point at the projector for people to know that something is happening so it, I, I think that it would be beneficial if people moved it but we could also just like print out flyers and stuff with people's cash app and venmos and hang it up but then again that's just more cost out of my pocket to get that's paper true. that was my or maybe laminate one to use every week laminate a couple that way you're not where you have everybody's photo yeah Almost or like it's every, a school yeah. photo thing. <laughs> like, yeah, like are, a whole yeah. eight, but they can look for it and you could be like, you know, even if you put them in the bathroom or whatever, if you want to support, you know, you can tip via Venmo, whatever, look around for very a flyer. surprised to learn that people like, if, if you're coming out to the show, you either know who the people are or this is just some random event for you, especially on a Sunday night. Mm -hmm. So... If it's like a regular Sunday night person, they'll just message them and send them money over Cash App and Venmo. But I've actually had so many people ask me, like, how can I tip this person? Um, and they don't know who they are, even though I've said it 15 times. Right. We actually had somebody last year, uh, season two of Drag Survivor during Horror Week. Um, Horror Week was not very good last year. Um, the contestants did not follow the directions. And so my special guests were Harry Scary and Raven Von Rowe. And we, I was like, this is so rough. I need y'all to like really pull out the good horror stuff so that we have a good show. Um, this couple came up to me and they were trying to do the poker chip votes. And they said, I want to vote for the one that had the needles in their face. Which one was that? And I was like, that was Harry Scary. That was my special guest. They are not competing. They were not in the competition portion you got to vote for somebody else like okay what about the one that had the, the the black on their neck and they were doing like the strip thing and i was like that was also my special <laughs> guest so people don't pay attention right and so if if i did have like a thing with everybody's names and i think they would be like which one was that again with with the silly hat and then i would yeah. tell them and they'd be like how do you spell that right I okay see. so think back all right and we're gonna do this for each season 
What was your favorite challenge or performance in season one? And then we'll do season two and season three. My favorite challenge or performance. What what do you mean by that? Like my favorite, like one number that I really liked. Yeah. 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 The one that, the one Um, that you were, that you're going to remember. Yeah. Okay. Um, season one was probably the rock and roll challenge. That was their first real team exercise. And Lakiki came out after having a rough, very rough creative presentation. Cause in season one, the first challenge was just creative presentation and we didn't do anything else. And now we do two challenges in a week when we do creative presentation and battle of the bands. But in season one, that was two different weeks. Um, so this was week two. We did Battle of the Bands, and Jules um, did a really bad job week one and wanted to be sent home if they kept her. And um, uh, she was complaining about not, not wanting to be there. And I was like, why don't you take the lead in your rock band? And then she did, and she was a fucking superstar with the Lakiki rock performance. And Nick Flair came out with their grind saw, and they were shooting sparks everywhere. And flanell was just going unhinged on this fake drum set in the back they were just all having fun and it was amazing um i also really like that this is something that really disappoints me is i wanted to keep this challenge format which was done for superhero week and horror movie week where the basic concept is part a you come up with something and part b you perform as it so for superhero week Part A, you came out and modeled your superhero concept for us, told us who you were, and showed us your superpower. And your superpower was supposed to be like a prop or something that Mm -hmm. you bring with you, some kind of special effect. And part B is you would perform as your superhero and defeat the bad guy and save the day. And um, that challenge went over pretty decently well, but there were a lot of people that didn't understand it. And then for Horror Week, we did the same thing. Come out as a horror movie villain, an original horror movie villain, and do a horror movie as your villain. And there were some people that got it, but people just did not follow the instructions. And I love that idea. I love that format. You can tell me if I'm crazy, but I think the idea of coming up with something and then showing it to us is an excellent way to display your creativity. Mm -hmm. But people like last year, this is a great example, Mailbox came out as the drag survivor strangler and their mm-hmm. whole thing was that they were killing the contestants so that they could win the thousand dollar cash prize <laughs> well for the presentation part part a they had to come out show us who they were and tell us how they were going to kill their victims and mel comes out with this bag over his head and he's just like i'm gonna get my thousand dollars one way or another and then just leaves the stage And I was like, what? You didn't tell us you were the drag survivor strangler. You didn't show us how you were going to kill people. I guess you told us you didn't do the instructions. And he was like, oh, well, that's for part two. And I'm like, no, this is for part one. (laughs) And that it was the whole thing was a mess. And I wanted to bring it back this year. But I was like, it's just going to happen again. So that should have been a highlight of season one. But it was not. (laughs) Um, I will say another highlight of season one. It was actually that challenge. Flanelle did um, this superhero called Stopwatch, but she didn't read the instructions, so she didn't prepare a presentation. She had only prepared the performance, so she came up with this at the last minute, went to a thrift store and bought this giant clock, and she came out in her superhero outfit, and she was like, I'm Stopwatch, and I'm here to stop time, and she just like held up the clock <laughs> and stood there. <laughs> like she'd stop time. <laughs> and she was like, 
stop moving. I stopped time. <laughs> and that, that was her presentation and she didn't get anything mm -hmm. for that because it wasn't what she was supposed to do. Um, but that, that was a highlight for it, I guess. Season two, my favorite performance. I got to think about this one was probably the, the Contour Block Tango, which was also Battle of the Bands. And that was, um, I think, mostly choreographed and created by Tyra, who wasn't yes. even in the competition. <laughs> but it was good. It was an amazing performance. They did the Cell Block Tango, but the rule is each contestant has to have their own verse, which lasts mm -hmm. at least 30 seconds to a minute. And so they would get up, and then they tore out of their jail costumes into some black and gold color scheme underneath and it was it was just amazing they all had reveals it was great mm -hmm. uh what's what's something else from season two that was really good pirate week was a mess snatch <laughs> game was crazy but i will say that johnny deep's dracula number is probably my favorite thing that i have <laughs> ever seen it was so funny um, and it was, it, that was like high drag. That was when I knew he was going to win. When he came out, I said, they let him get to the solo portion. They're done. Mm -hmm. They should have got rid of him. Season three had a lot of really good moments. I know, right? SNL, like the commercial week was really good. Like therapy's trampoline thing. Your thing with Jocelyn where you were selling the boute juice. <laughs> if I had to pick something, what would my favorite from season three be? You got to help me out here. <sighs> Well, you know, I like all my own stuff, so. Uh, <laughs> You're like, yeah, I know. I know I, I'm trying to think of one that was just like really. What about really just puppets? The puppeteering thing. I mean, I liked it. It it was a good puppet. You know, it was legendary quiche. Um. I think that that Coruscant and Yashada were so evenly matched when it came to the group performances that nobody really stood out to be like, oh, my God, this was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. That it kind of makes it hard to pick because like their their battle of the band performance on Yashada was just the, the contour of block tango. It was just it was literally the same people <laughs> with quiche. It was the same people just set in a classroom. Yeah, it was the same uh, thing. And they yeah. still they would have won that challenge if not for the confetti cannon. Ah, they absolutely would have, because um, they didn't have confetti. Mm -hmm. It was against the rules because it sounds like a gunshot and that scares people. And I remember when it went off, I was like, <gasps> "Not today, <laughs> not today." I've spent so much money. Please don't kill me. <laughs> yeah, that's now's not a good time. Speaking of that, uh, Brandy Augustus has come up with literally the best drag name. So somebody needs to be, be Bill Lee. Eyelash. Billy Eyelash. Billy Eyelash. Who asked me today that I should be, oh, Leslie from the Boochery messaged me and said, you know, you should be, you should have a new character and you should be Billy Eyelash. And I was like, oh, I could make that funny, but yeah, Billy's, just, that Billy's not funny. Brandy Augustus. I really enjoyed Judy Good's Snatch Game as uh, Peggy Hill. Snatch Game was really good this year. Snatch Game um, in the past has been really disappointing. And I, I don't expect Snatch Game every year to just be this most amazing spectacle because acting is really hard. 
and I'm, I don't even know how I would do in the snatch game, but I at least need like one person on each team to just knock it out of the ballpark. And every year it's, it's hard to watch. So this year I tried to make it faster. I tried to make it as easy as possible. You have the exact questions. In the past, I had a pool of questions that you could prepare for. And then the day of, I would just like pull them out of a hat and write them down. But this year, I tried to make it as easy as possible. And I feel like that was probably the best solution. Eliminate all challenge aspect of it and just make it about being funny on stage. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was still kind of hard to watch this year. And, um, you know, truth be told, I actually disagree with the team that won. Um, and but we have to go by what the score sheets say. So Who I just won went with snatch it. game this year. It was um, or was, was it, it your team? Was it two or was it three? What was the challenge? It was it was snatch game. Iashado versus Coruscant and mm-hmm. Iashado. Were they the cannon? We probably shooters? did win because I mean, are we going to talk about therapy, Steve Harvey? That. So when when I was watching it live, I was not impressed. I think by your team, <laughs> you did a good job. I didn't know your character, but you were not bad by any means. And part of it is it's an acting challenge. And I felt that um, a lot of the contestants on that team were not funny. I felt like it was dragging ass at that point, and I was like, I just want this to be over. And then they announced your team as the winner, and I was like, what? And I I literally sat down with the judges, and I was like, what is going on here? And they're like, it's your show. You do whatever you want to do. And I'm like, oh, my God. No, we're going to go by what she wrote down, but I just don't understand it. That's actually That happens quite a bit in Drag Survivor. I get bamboozled at my own show sometimes. But we, looking back at it, both teams had their issues. The, the Steve Harvey, Dr. Phil thing was a little off. <laughs> um, I wish that Keish had won immunity for that, uh, but Keish did not. They gave it to therapy. And that also had the audience vote to deal with it. People were voting for therapy at that point. We could have had Keish a little bit longer. But I also think it was probably Keish's time to go. It mm-hmm. was Keish had this massive target on her back. And she was causing a lot of trouble behind the scenes that people don't know about. And you'll find out some of that in the episodes. But it doesn't really get talked about very much. But to keep it short, Keish was just kind of being nasty behind the scenes. And I don't think she meant to be. I think that she was in character the whole time. And Keish, the character of Keish Lorraine is just this like pompous old 90 year old bitch it's who uh, used to perform in vaudeville. It's like a Norma Desmond and people kind just of don't character. Get it. Yeah. People don't get it. And they, they take her as like, like she's being mean or something. She said some crazy shit to me before while I've been in the car with her. And I just laugh it off because who gives a fuck? <laughs> We're playing dress up. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So you can't think of anybody else in season three that you, I can, a performance I can, that you particularly enjoyed? I'll rattle some stuff off the top of my head. I really like the runways, um, like Judy Goods, Judy and the Goods runway was really good. I really liked your period runway, your menopause <laughs> runway. Um, I like the Platinum Angels uh, toilet paper association thing that they did for commercial week. I like therapies exercise video. I think all of the team challenges were good. Um, I was not a fan of the Cuda Crease tribe at all. I'm sorry, people from Cuda Crease that are listening to this. Um, <laughs> they it, just weren't good together. No, they didn't work good together. Not no. being a fan of no. your tribe's performance does not mean that you are all bad. <laughs> it does not mean <laughs> right. that I dislike you or anything. It just means that you didn't mesh well together as a tribe. Mm-hmm. And I was even surprised in week two when they were declared the winners of the challenge, but their runways were spectacular. And I think that they got high marks on their performance because James Carlisle came out dressed as me and it made people laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's that's where that turnaround came from for them. But watching it back, I was like, 
I, <laughs> I can't even edit this to look different. <laughs> um, God, what else was good? Um, your best drag performance was very good. I did not know the song. Um, well, are you kidding me? No. You did not know Pearl Jam's Black. I hate to tell you this, but a lot of people these days don't know that. <laughs> At least that not wild? The, I know it is wild. We are I tell so you what, old. though, the judges knew it because they were singing it with me the mm-hmm. entire time as I was. Yeah, I think a lot of the audience knew it, them. too. So. You did very good. You came out looking amazing. I think you should bring that look out at the next like big event you're booked for. If you're booked on a weekend or if you're booked for a Monday Night Madness or something, you should absolutely come out and do that again because it was killer. Even though I didn't know the song, I was like, look at her go. She's mm-hmm. fucking stomping all these people in the damn ground. It Nobody had done a ballad. I was mm-hmm. like, isn't that what? Well, and, and everything about drag? your drag looked like drag to me. It was... Everything was big, super big. Mm-hmm. You were put together very well. The dress was stunning. You know, everything looked good. So, I think my favorite thing about it too was like you beat all of these people, and your costumes were not rhinestone from head to toe. A lot of it, I think, was homemade. Correct me if I'm wrong. A it, lot was of it was because homemade. I you made do didn't want to spend a lot of money because you're a crafty person. And in, you know, pageantry and stuff like that, that would not have, that wouldn't have flown. You would have been critiqued very harshly for it not being the most perfect thing in the world. But in Drag Survivor, it's different. We judge off of entertainment value, and 90% of the time, that's what we judge off of in my competitions. You do have to look half decent in order to win, because sometimes there are, like, there's bookings and stuff on the line that if you are to win, you have to fulfill those bookings and you need to be able to do that. So mm-hmm. we have to score you on that to some degree. Um, but you're, you're able to do that, obviously. You won Drag Survivor. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a minute, though. Let's talk about, like, actual the art of drag and how hard it actually is and what it's like for bookings because i know there's a lot of people that really do i mean because you're like haha it's just dress up but if that's your dream do you have advice for people or people that are like because you know it's emotional you put yourself out there you you know you are dressing up to be judged and then what happens when you're not ready for that or like you're a booger entertainer or like, what's kind of the hierarchy in drag? Is there a hierarchy, or can you just bust the doors down? I Gatekeeping. Will say this. <laughs> as as of this moment today, insert date here. <laughs> I do drag professionally. I do it. This is my day job. This is my career right now. Is it going to last forever? I don't think drag is a sustainable career unless mm-hmm. you're like a root girl. If I went on Drag Race, number one, I really don't want to go on drag race because that's torture that is legal torture y'all think drag survivors legal torture wait till you get on the damn tv show (laughs) um but if you do and you do a good job you you know you tour around the world you make all this money i would sit on that fucking money i would do all of those things by myself house and then recluse in the woods when it's over (laughs) um lots of people want to do drag as a career and they don't realize the stress that comes with it in my mind we are all just playing dress up and it's really, truly not that serious. Um, I base everything around entertainment value. What gets people out, what makes the venue money so we can keep coming back and what makes me money. Because when you do it professionally, a lot of it is about making money. You've got to make your coin so that you can get new costumes so that you can continue to improve. Um, when people are doing talent nights, you know, 
there's number one delusion is a hell of a drug (laughs) Mm -hmm. and people think that they're like hot shit and then they eventually they they either stop doing talent nights because they can't win or they progress a really long distance and they really do become hot shit and they realize looking back oh my god i didn't know what i was getting myself into this is really hard you've got to have good costumes at all times you've got to have a good attitude at all times it's so difficult to climb up in the drag world because when you're starting out, it's like being a new employee at a big corporation. You are looked at as though you are less than, and no one's ever going to admit this, but I'm telling you right now, when you start out, you're looked at like a little booger, like you're less than. Mm-hmm. You can be as entertaining as you want to be, but people just roll their eyes and scoff and are like, Ugh, I'm not going to concern myself with this. And you work so hard to climb up to get you know weekend bookings or the special night not not every drag bar does like friday saturday shows there's some places that do wednesday nights you know Mm -hmm. in like atlanta or something and it's their busy night and you work hard to get up there and you make one single mistake and you are back at the bottom i have seen so many people in the drag community make one little mistake and when i say a little mistake i mean they just looked at somebody funny and suddenly they are not booked again anywhere And so you have to be careful with what you do. Um, And so when I was coming up, I had friends that, you know, were were the cast members at the bars and stuff. And I see what they had to go through. And I was like, I don't want to go through that. That sounds scary. But they probably won't. They won't treat me like that because people like me. And as I started, you know, going through weekends, getting the show directing job and stuff like that, people started treating me poorly. (laughs) And people don't realize everything that goes into producing a show there are people that will always be upset with you for one reason or another you cannot make people happy and so you have the opportunity when you're coming up to forge your own path direct your own shows do what you want to do or you can just be a regular entertainer and when you're a regular entertainer you run the risk of just ending up being fake and saving face because you want to entertain And then that can end up getting you in trouble because people realize that you're being fake to them. So it's a massive social game that you have to play at all times. I call it 3D chess. You have to play 3D chess at all times. If somebody, specifically in my show directing position, if somebody steps on my toe, I can't cuss them out. I just have to say, oh, can you not step on my toe again, please? That would be very, very nice. Thank you. Even though I'm very upset with them because they just stomped down on my big toe. you have to watch what you say, watch what you do at all times. Drag is hard. Drag is a very difficult thing to do successfully. Um, I, with the experiences that I have had, I try to protect people from experiencing those same negative things. I feel like I take bullets for people a lot in the drag community. I advocate really hard for people. And that ends up with people being upset with me because they feel that I'm telling them what to do or that I have been lying to them or this and that and the other and the, I'm really just trying to get people opportunities that I think deserve it every drag community is different some drag communities don't like drag kings they only want queens and that makes it hard for kings to succeed I've seen drag communities where the kings are on top and the queens are on the bottom and it's hard for the queens to break through I've seen drag communities where they're all very united but there's drama because this one person did something And other people don't want to work with them, but they're still in their position of power and they have to learn to get along. Um, I've seen drag communities where if you don't have a title, you are, you might as well just kill yourself. (laughs) Like it's crazy. (laughs) Um, And in the Knoxville drag community, it's really honestly a mix of everything. I feel like there's a lot of sisterhood and brotherhood. 
but there's also a lot of social politic that you have to play to succeed and sometimes sometimes I'm able to keep people together and sometimes I upset people and there's literally nothing you can do it's a lose-lose situation Mm -hmm. when you get to a higher up position yeah there's Um, no way to please everybody there's only so many stages for drag and then do you think the drag community is united in Knoxville or is it you know kind of separate because the drag community is completely separate there yeah there's like a lot of clicks there's like factions they're, they're literally yeah. factions <laughs> I, I, I don't remember who it was it might have been you Braddy. someone said they were like gangs and i was like yeah. they really are it's like scruffy city the drag that goes on there is completely separate from what happens at core core is completely separate from what happens at xyz xyz is completely separate from what happens at you know, like, scruffy city and core yeah uh, high wire people in the drag community typically don't come out to my high wire show people don't necessarily know what it is if they don't go to high wire they're missing out because it's the biggest drag show in town you mm-hmm. make so much money and so many people come out um people that go to poor taproom don't typically go to the other drag shows sometimes they'll follow bb wherever she goes and um yeah there, there's no unity whatsoever and that's that's because of some people's actions and histories that have gone down um you know the owner of one of the bars does not let their entertainers perform at other bars and honestly i think if i owned a bar i would probably have a, a very similar mindset to that individual which is a very controversial statement but if you are performing on fridays and saturdays with me i don't want you performing on fridays and saturdays at another bar because you're you work for me it's you're a my competition employee. yeah but if the bar is not doing a show let's say we're doing a show on a tuesday night at bar a and you're on contract at bar b but there's not a show on tuesday night there should be no problem with you going and doing a show over there mm-hmm. because it's not interfering with anything when you do comedy for clubs you're not allowed to perform on a show within 90 miles of a club. That's a club contract. So we're actually lucky that we don't have a comedy club, uh, like an official licensed comedy club here, because it's literally 90 minutes to Asheville, 90 minutes to Chattanooga, which does have a club. So we are actually are exempt from that and lucky by that, but... Otherwise, I mean, that's wild. You can't perform there to... If you're a cast member anyway. Mm-hmm. They, they do have nights where they have, like, guest entertainers, and they don't care what the guest yes. entertainers do. But correct. I'm, I'm a very business-minded person. That's how I'm able to put these really big events together and make them work because I just, I just know how it works. I know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of agree with the mindset of, of if you work for me, you shouldn't go work somewhere else. But I also think that if you're not working for me that night, I don't care what you do with your right. Time. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you had definitely if you had a contract with that person that mm-hmm. <clears throat> to me it's the same thing as like if we were doing Drag Survivor season 4 and it's the middle of your reign and you're supposed to be there with me. I'm paying you to be there with me and represent and judge and you're like I want to go work at this other show Sunday night, so I'm going to miss Drag Survivor. I would be like, what the fuck? <laughs> You're supposed <laughs> right, to be with me. Yes. So just, you know, when, when people get upset about that, I say apply that logic to it. Um, I think that that place goes a little overboard <laughs> with it because they won't let people perform any other night of the week. They can't perform on Sundays or Mondays either unless you, like, get down on your hands and knees and ask the owner. Like, and, and then the yeah. owner is like, no, you're ugly. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have thoughts. That seems so toxic, but 
Yeah. And the the crazy thing is a lot of us do like each other, but there's still the faction issue. Like, I really like the show director over at Scruffy City. I think she's wonderful. Um, but there's still two separate factions there, and I don't know necessarily how it came to be that way. Um, I like a lot of the people that work at the other gay bar. Mm-hmm. I can't work with them because of their contract that they're on, which is fine. It, that's just how it works. We can be friends. We don't have to work together. This is Again, this is right. dress up. We can be friends and go eat pizza and then perform at two different bars. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. But I think, and, and this is another thing, people get so invested in in drag itself that they can't see anything else outside of what's inside this tunnel Mm -hmm. so it's like oh you you said that my shoes are ugly we can't be friends anymore like we're we're literally like dressing up as clowns you don't want (laughs) to you still don't want to go like get food with me tomorrow and then go visit my grandmother like (laughs) people need to be able to separate drag from reality and that's a very difficult thing for people to do and i've i've had difficulty doing that in the past i'm like this person doesn't like me i can't be their friend but as you know i've grown and matured and i've done this long enough i'm like i don't care do you think there'll ever be a time where you guys get together and be like you know community is real important well i would have thought that that would be what pride fest would be there for i was gonna say like a lot of people are upset but they never signed up for any of that they they were doing all local drag they're not doing they're not getting any out of town performers and they wanted to do because one of our guests happens to be over it wrote a derriere Mm -hmm. and they put the form out for months um advertised it for months and it's just if and they let everybody in Mm-hmm. Anybody Any, that applied. Anybody who applied the form, mm-hmm. they got in. This mm-hmm. goes back to what one of us mentioned earlier about like egos. And, yes. And people have really big egos and they want to be invited. They don't want to have to fill out a form. There's people that feel like they shouldn't have to fill out a form. And I can see both sides of, of the story. If it's, if it's Knoxville Pride and we want to represent everybody, we should probably invite the people that that organize the shows, host the shows and stuff that create the platforms for us to mm-hmm. be here. So what I love to be to, to get a message that's like, Hey, would you like to perform at pride? Absolutely. I would be so flattered, but that's not the way the rules work. So I filled out the form. Yeah. <laughs> and if that's how it's going to work, Guess that's how people need performing to at it. pride yeah. this year. It, MC More pride performing. Oh, you're, oh my gosh. I am so sad. I'm not sad. My son's getting married that weekend. So I'm going to be out of town at the wedding and stuff but um uh, it's gonna be Here sad because i amazing sexy announcer voice yes because WWE's i i hope voice. you're like welcome pride, welcome to pride. how the Hi. fuck are we pride <laughs> <laughs> on the Thankfully, beautiful stage at, at the world's fair park Thankfully, i'm not the only mc last year i was the only mc for the dragon it was really long and really hard and my throat was shredded by the end of it my feet were bleeding i was miserable <laughs> I you know what time, i mean that but, was you know, the was... that was the first year that we had had it in mm-hmm. october and there was some kinks to be you know, straightened out, and I think that they've straightened those out. And you will not be the only MC, so you yeah, will. Yeah, no, there's there's two others yeah. besides. Yeah, myself. I think they figured it out. Yeah. You know, and the people that are organizing Pride are great for input, and they are good at running shows. And you know, it was a lot last year though to put it on. But I want 
people who are going to come there and perform to know that this is for community. Mm-hmm. You know, this shows people because people will see you. Hopefully they'll remember your name or your face and then they'll want to see you other places that yes, you go to. That's what you hope. The people yeah. that are coming out to Knoxville Pride don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are people that do, of course, that come out to the gay bars. But when I was there, that entire like auditorium of people that were sitting there, I couldn't pick out a single face. They were a bunch of people that aren't old enough because all of our gay bars out here are 21 plus. Mm-hmm. I think there's only one 18 plus drag show. I I don't remember if there's another one besides High Wire. I, th- I actually think there is. Do you know the other 18 plus drag show? Maybe it might be Bird in the Book. Brickyard, yes. And Bird in the Book is like Maribel. Mm-hmm. I think they might be all ages, but I know in Knoxville, yes, Brickyard is 18 plus and high wire. Um, so the people that come out are a bunch of kids. They don't know about your beef and they don't need to know about your beef. You're just there to have a good time. There's no reason we should be fighting. They should be able to see you. You should want to see yourself represented in front of these people as well. Mm-hmm. You may not, you may not like me who mm-hmm. is in charge of hosting your set for whatever reason. I don't know what I did, but <laughs> you, you can, still come out and perform and show these people who you are. There's no reason Mm -hmm. that you should let any interpersonal drama interfere with performing at the Pride event. Nobody's there to antagonize you. We're literally all there to perform for people. But now that they've put the congratulations and everything, now people want to be added on. Yeah, people are suddenly up in arms about it. You know, yes. And it's like you had how many... They put it out for months. Months. About it. So... Even as much as last year was talking about, and I even had to, I had to have even had to fill out the form, and I'm part of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I mean. You have to. I'm also volunteering that day. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the thing about it too is with with whoever's in charge of Knox Pride shows each year. This year it's Rhoda, I'm assuming, and then Mm -hmm. last year it was the Story. Mm -hmm. It's their show. And they mm-hmm. can do whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am in charge of South Knoxville Pride, which happens right during Pride Month in the summer. And I, so far, I have not had people come and ask me why I don't have person A or person B. I just book whoever, like, whenever I book a show, I usually book people that have done my events, that have worked for me, that have competed for me to show me something. Mm-hmm. You don't have to win my shows to get booked. You do not have to. You just have to show up and put your heart out there and do mm-hmm. a good job. Um, and you'll get booked. People typically don't leave empty-handed as long as they did a good job. Hell, you got dead last in that fucking pageant, <laughs> and look at you now. So mm-hmm. I just book people that follow my rules because it's my show, and I can do whatever I want to do. And that's the same thing with Knoxville Pride. They don't have to have you. They right. were gracious enough to put out that form, and you didn't fill it out, and now you're wanting to throw a tantrum. <laughs> right? It's so dumb. It is. It is it's crazy. I don't even know if they're doing comedy this year, or having a stage, or just drag, or I what. Have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I couldn't participate. So the the um, whole um, uh, pastors thing, and then wanting to the whole state yeah. of Tennessee wanting to shut down drag. Really, that happened in the beginning of the mm-hmm. year. Really put a damper, damper on, on what they were doing. Everything. So, yeah. Well, they weren't yeah. sure they were even going to be able to have. The event. Exactly. Because yeah. had the law passed and it hadn't been shot back down as unconstitutional, they we might not be having a drag. There's a pastor in Severeville that's wanting to 
Maryville this weekend, they're going to have some big, you know, protest and said they're going to. Oh, for blunt um, pride. I um, wish they would just yeah. leave us alone so bad. And the thing that really fucking sucks about the pastor, I'm very passionate about this. And I think that this might also be the reason that there's there's factions in Knoxville is because I probably shouldn't even say the pastor's name, should I? Well, we don't care. We, we say don't care. What we I mean, want, I mean, there's, and we don't care. There's more than one, so I mean, it's yes. it's a cluster pastors. of them. Yes. I will say the specific pastor that I'm thinking of is one of the key antagonizers that got these bills introduced in the first place, and he's extremely far right, and he um, goes on like Facebook Live and calls us monsters and child molesters and all. I, I don't fucking like your children. I don't want to be around your children. Right. Um, it's, but of course they have this crazy misconception of what drag is. They won't ever come out to a drag show to watch it themselves. They just think that we're the fucking devil. No, but they'll pay money for Medea. Exactly. You know, they'll go out and watch some fucking Tyler Perry shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was saying was the reason I think that there's a major split in Knoxville right now is because when this pastor was going out here and doing things, some drag entertainers in town were antagonizing him. They were actively going on his social media and saying, you know, calling him crazy names. I'm not even going to repeat them. I'm going to keep it as PG-13 as possible, (laughs) even though you don't care. Um, Calling him crazy names. And um, he would respond to that and be like, look, there's the drags and the trans in in our comments Mm -hmm. right now. Go get him. And so people were making calls to the state and were like, hey, look, this person right here is making death threats against our pastor. I wouldn't say they were death threats, but they are saying crazy shit like uh, you you can't leave people well enough alone. You should just go fucking kill yourself. Crazy Mm -hmm. shit like that. And so the continued antagonization of the church and multiple pastors, I think, is the reason that legislation got introduced because it was riling up their followers of their fucking cult. And that is what got the legislation introduced and eventually died off. And so did the legislation and they thought they won. And so when this pastor found out that they did not win and we are still doing drag, he's back at it again. And people are back to cyberbullying this man. And as much as I think that we should cyberbully this man, he deserves it. We can't. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to drag politics. If you continue to you know, antagonize people this man, can. his people will crack down on us and it will cause violence. But they that have shown up with problem. guns at our yeah. shows before. They've shown mm-hmm. up to protest these shows before. They've pulled Nazis out of the woodwork. We can't fire back at them. Mm-hmm. Now you can. That, do so here's you what want you do. Person, but it, everybody's got skeletons in their closet. Every single one of mm-hmm. them. So you you infiltrate the church. The church. You find out those little things that they don't want people to know about. You definitely don't take it on social media and cyberbully them. You you get covert, and you go and you find out. You know that that I don't know they like to be tied up and fisted and then you use that to your advantage by their cousin, <laughs> by their cousin. who's 14 <laughs> stop <laughs> what this is what I like about Braddy is, is she's very much like a, no no we're not gonna fight I'm gonna slash her tires <laughs> two weeks from now once she's forgotten that yes. she's upset me yeah. and she's not gonna know that it's it was me. I'm sure you I'm sure you've heard this tank. from Johnny Deep several times. That's a Scorpio energy. Yeah. Um yes. Braddy, my friend, is 
the grudge holder. She holds grudges, so I don't have to. I think that's why we get along so well, because I'm also very much, um, I'm going to put nails in your tires. I'm a Sagittarius. I don't even even do that much anymore, because I have found out that enough slack that you give people, they're going to end up hanging themselves. Just sit and watch. Yeah, yeah, you just sit and enjoy it. All right, what's the future for Morphine Drip? Well, I think when I get home today, I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I come up with new show ideas to do at at CORE all the time. So we're just going to keep doing zany ideas whenever I come up with them, whenever it's time. Um, What's the future for Drag Survivor? Well, I think next year I want to do All Stars. Um, I don't know what the climate of drag is going to be like with the church and all of this stuff so I would like to do all stars sooner rather than later because number one it, it's it'll sustain itself people will come out to watch all stars but number two you know anything could happen and if this legislation does pass I want to at least be able to end on this high note I think all stars would be a good finale mm-hmm. and then of course if nothing happens we just do season five right after and keep on going I don't have plans to end it but I just I know that it would be closure for me and probably closure for a lot of people to be like, oh, that that was a good finale. The bar's closed mm-hmm. now. We had this one final event. Everything's great. Um, I, I'm i also a person who's used to having things taken from them. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I anticipate the end like all the time. So I think my shows have like a natural life cycle. And I think that the two shows that I've been running for the past year and some change are about to end and it's time to do something else. I like to reinvent and come back with something new that gets people excited. All right. little morphine yeah. Madonna. <laughs> reinvent. Well, she got over her, uh, her illness pretty well. She's looking pretty Don't good. She? Yeah. Mm, I guess. Those lips absorb yeah. some. Thank you. I guess the, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you want to tell us about the High Wire show coming up September 8th? On September 8th, we're doing the Night of a Thousand Stars, and we are doing celebrity impersonations all night. We also have a drag bingo on September 22nd at High Wire, and in October, on October 5th, I think that's a Thursday, we're having our first open stage night at High Wire, so anyone can sign mm-hmm. up and come perform. We're going to have... Um, an audience applause based thing if you win the audience applause you get 50 bucks and then we are doing our Halloween show on October 20th with a costume contest on Friday October 13th I am doing the very first High Wire Nashville show they have contracted me to drive all the way out to Nashville and host a show there Nice. so I'm very excited for that my nerves are also completely wrecked over it (laughs) but it'll be fun Um, I would really like in the future of High Wire would give us a consistent show schedule and maybe we can do shows like every weekend there or something you know mm-hmm. i think that would be amazing that would be mm-hmm. wild the main let you do like an after hours thing weekly you know That'd be fun. well they we usually do these days we do two shows a month we have our normal show and they like to do bingo mm-hmm. it's not every month it's usually like one show this month one show the next month, two this month, one show. So I just want them to give me a consistent schedule. Are you outside or inside? It's inside. Inside. High Wire is like a third of a football field. It's ginormous in there, and they pack a lot of people in every drag show we do there. You know, knock on wood, has been extremely busy, almost sold out, 
and they make a lot of money off of it. So I think that doing two shows a month mm-hmm. would, would be perfect and it would give me something else to look forward to, something to do. And then what about Shenanigans, your new show that you've come up with? And that is September 10th. Yes, we're doing another Shenanigans on September 10th. And I believe one after that on, I want to say, October 1st. It's the first Sunday of October. And we're going to do Shenanigans on the first Sunday of every month. If if the Lord's willing and the creeks don't rise. (laughs) And there's not a pageant or something scheduled on that day. Um, and that's just drag bingo where instead of we call numbers, you have to watch the performance and you have to, um, see what we're doing and you take your bingo dauber and you stamp the card based off of what we're doing. So the card is like the queen loses her wig, the king Mm -hmm. does fallout boy, whatever. And so when you come out and you see that, you have to scream shenanigans as loud as you can, just like you would scream bingo. And you will turn your cards in for points at the end. And the the new formula, the first show didn't quite go this way, but the new formula is you get a new card between every show and you'll turn those in for points at the very end. And whoever the top three teams are get some prizes like stuffed animals and shit like that. Oh, cool. Nice. That's awesome. This this also does have a trademark on it. So if anyone tries to steal shenanigans, I will come for you. (laughs) Yes. I put a trademark on all of my shows, baby. Y'all can't have them. Good for you. If you fire me. You can't keep anything. <laughs> yeah, good for you. That's because this is your job. It's this is what you do. It's your mental um, product. It's, it's what do you got going on? I got a show tonight. I have shows coming up. Nothing exciting. Nothing big here? Do I? I don't know. I'm going to Bristol to record some a set and... Uh, I'm planning my album recording, but that's going to be next year. You know what? I was thinking um, we should do a goals for 2024 show, but just briefly, Mm -hmm. what are your goals for 2024, Morphine? Oh, God. 2024. Um, I, you know what? Okay. I have a really good idea for a privately filmed competitive reality show for drag entertainers and I have a venue in mind I have sponsors in mind I haven't put forth the effort to get this together because the hard thing is I'm doing stuff all the time Mm -hmm. and I'm not just doing one creative show at a time I'm managing knockout Mm -hmm. and battle royale and shenanigans and my normal gigs and like the the little one two gigs that you do like at the the freaking melting pot Mm -hmm. at all times so it, it takes me a while to sit down and make these things work but you know when we do it it'll be great um so i think in 2024 i want to break ground on this and i want to start filming it i want to get a film crew together i want to get some sponsorships together because it's going to be expensive and i'm broke <laughs> i am not a rich drag queen mm-hmm. um but i think that that would be something really fun for me to do in 2024 something for me to focus on and since it's privately filmed we don't have to worry about time constraints we don't have to worry about you know getting judge sheets and critiques done all in this one time span Mm -hmm. we can send the videos off and have them looked at and it can it can just be something that's very easy and fun for everybody that sounds great what about you i'm you know concentrating i went back to hair which i may have talked about last time so i'm excited about that and then um of course, comedy is exploding again because I'm acting disinterested. Comedy is my cat. It's my ultimate cat. We're not talking about the cats is. right now. I know. I'm sorry, by the way. And uh, <laughs> we talked about that last week. Did we? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we did. I yeah. was sad last week. Yeah. I feel better, a little better this and week. And so, uh, but I'm working on the dungeon show. Like, uh, I'm going to take over where you're letting go of a week. I'm grabbing that month or whatever. And so, and still going to do a Friday uh, as well. So, pretty much, I think it'll end up being a monthly show, just one on alternating Fridays and Saturdays. Which is cool. I have a show coming up the 22nd of September in the event center in the dungeon with the Queer of the Year, Gabby Watts. So it's going to be exciting. There's actually a lot of cool people. Yeah, I'm taking gag gifts down to every other month. Yeah, Um, I'm going to take the opposite months. I'm taking your opposite months for that. Hooray. So, yeah, I think it'll be good. And I think it's been interesting because somebody else is running a comedy show at Eros now. And I find it interesting that they're taking comedy into the sex clubs. I wonder how well it's doing with that. I did perform on I the first know. one. I don't know. I've got people I could And ask. they were like, you know, I don't know. I've had a lot of message people message mm. me since I've done that show. But not about comedy. <laughs> Mistress, will you step on me, please? <laughs> well, they're more into the the sex part of it, but I've been uh, invited to Pineapple Town. Oh, <laughs> you know that sounds fun. <laughs> so, it's kind of interesting. I do. I do want to say really fast that when we were doing Drag Survivor season three, I was giving out keychains, and the keychains were just little pineapples, <laughs> and I didn't know what an upside down pineapple meant. And neither did anybody that bought season passes, so they were going home, and their families and stuff were being like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> <laughs> right? If you noticed, um, Colin for his opening uh, <laughs> had a pineapple on yes. their jacket because purposefully you know, the that's pineapple. how we roll. The tropical. Nobody gets it. Well, I, you know, you will though in the next 30 years, y'all get it. Oh, I was going to tell you too. I, um, won my roast battle last week. I heard that that. made me happy. You know, and they're like, dang, granny's mean. (laughs) (laughs) And my big goal for 2024 is to open up a sapphic female eccentric bar. Cool. Stage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's an awesome goal. With a stage and a safe place, and you can come and be my show director. I'm gonna hold you to it. We're gonna revisit this episode a year from now when you hate me because I did something to upset you. (laughs) Yeah, that's you could never. Well, I hope so because we're both kind of the same person. (laughs) Morphine is my 14 year old crush that I would have like if we were in like in junior high together Mm -hmm. and I knew that he was just a little gay boy but I wanted him so bad and I just I held out hope that one day he would love me you could change him yeah Mm -hmm. yeah you can fix him yeah you can't fix me baby I'm broken we even made out like behind the uh, Mrs. McGillicuddy's oh. uh, band classroom. I just you dug know. under the bleachers. I was a trash he always one. keeps me like at this distance. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like you. I, practicing. I li- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he owes me no- more than he knows. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I have had sex with past drag survivors. <laughs> 
And uh, Braddy's just like, where's mine? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? She thought that I was, thought that was that part, was part of the, part of the winning prize package. The crazy thing about <laughs> about doing these types of shows and stuff is I typically have very close relationships with almost everyone that does these. The first season, I literally knew every single person that was in that. Season two, I knew almost everybody. I didn't really know Johnny. And um, the, there was someone that dropped out that I didn't know super well. And this year, again, I'm like really close friends with probably everybody mm-hmm. um so i remember last year i was like man i've had sex with some of these people <laughs> <laughs> i've sent nudes to all these people some of these mm-hmm. people are my best friends and the one that won was somebody that i didn't really know and, and now we're having sex and now you're sending <laughs> nudes there's an old saying you don't shit where you eat yeah i think you're well past That's what that. they say I, so. i've shot all over the table baby <laughs> <laughs> don't worry it'll it'll come and get me one day some people are into that. <laughs> we really appreciate you guys tuning in. We do. Oh, and what uh, are, wait, um, are you doing anything besides the bar for next for year, twenty twenty four? I would like to do a pageant, like a for real pageant. I'm not saying that. What? What do you mean? Do, well, what's a for Survivor real is not a pageant. pageant? It is a very highly competitive yes. title. Yeah. but we are not. Yes. Uh, the point of Drag Survivor too is it prepares you for pageantry, especially the longer you make it. You know, you're doing interview with your confessionals, so you're learning mm-hmm. how to talk. So now, when you're sitting down in front of people that are asking you questions, you just channel. Oh, I'm, I had to answer this in Drag Survivor. I was playing a character. I'm going to do it now. Um, obviously, you don't need to play your preacher man <laughs> in a pageant, but. <laughs> Um, you know, you're when go. you do your best drag and stuff, you're practicing for things like gown and how to model yourself and mm-hmm. how to create a talent. The entire thing is based off of making talent. So I'm sure that you have an individual number that you could take with you to a pageant that you've basically already got. Mm-hmm. You just maybe need to embellish it more because, you know, like we said earlier, it's a lot different. you got to rhinestone the hell out of stuff, make sure there's no stray fibers or anything yeah get, make sure you got good hair and stuff on but you've got the foundation of it from doing drag there's no reason that you didn't succeed i think i had the advantage too with like you said before with burlesque because most of drag survivor i had already kind of had or at least had it in the back of my mind had it in my repertoire what i was gonna do yeah listening we got new stickers do we we do Great. the butterfly one? Oh yeah i went well i went nice. to, um, gail's got new stickers Festivals i've got new stickers if you want a sticker i've sold a lot of merch through the last this past year email us at gabbingirltime at gmail.com and we'll send you a sticker yeah if you trust us with your address or p.o box Who knows? You never know. We might stand outside your house and it's been so long since we had a guest. Us. We don't know how to act. But uh, are you gonna sing with us? Yeah, the outro. We gotta sing the outro. Oh, it's the oh, same, it's as, the same the as, intro, as the intro, baby. I was so sorry. You can. I. I don't blame you, but I can feel it. Here you go. Sing with us. You know what? We appreciate everybody that listens to this podcast. We're we have so been going on, Gail. It will be three years next month. Can you believe that? Yeah. Our first one came out 2020, September 1st. During the pandemic. Yes. Oh my God, that's just a couple of days. I know. Oh my God, happy birthday. Thank you 
so much for listening to Gavin, Girl Time. Gavin, Girl Time. Gavin, I hate you so girl much. Girl Time. Da, 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 da. With guys. <laughs> <laughs>